I'm Andy. And I'm Jessica. And this is The Coop. You're listening to The Coop Homeschool Podcast. This is your podcast for community, humility, and joyful fun in homeschooling. This is episode one, The Overwhelm. Welcome. This is our first podcast episode, and we're so excited. We get to be together and film it together. Oh. So, we thought we would start with a little scoop on the coop. Um, this week, uh, my daughter and I got haircuts, and I had forgotten how marvelous it is to not only get out, but then to get out and get freshened up and spend that time with my daughter and uh, enjoy a nice haircut for summer. Well, and then they massage your hair, your oh, head. Yeah. That's yeah. the best. That's why I go. Yes, the ultimate self-care. Yeah, totally. Well, I um, I had the best time with you the other Aww. day at dinner, when, um, especially when the girls were belting it out and singing their um, Why You Gotta Be So Rude song yes. together. Yes. That was super cute and super fun. And now we're going to be planning a road trip together. So how awesome is that? Yeah, a lot of good things came out of having dinner with our family. <laughs> totally, totally. Yeah. So I wanted to talk today about something that I hear from basically every parent, and especially every homeschooler, is the word overwhelm. <sighs> yes. So um, I would love to hear, because you got it pretty much handled, girl, with between being a dance teacher... And having 20 kids, 23-year-olds or 25-year-olds in a class, like, you yeah. you know how to handle, like, overwhelming situations. So, but I'd love to hear how you've been overwhelmed in your homeschooling sure. or just life as a parent. Yeah, I think that I found a groove with the teaching and the three-year-olds and hurting the cats, so to speak. Um, so that, not much there overwhelms me. Um, and homeschooling, even though I knew I was always going to homeschool, I think once... My daughter was old enough for um, kindergarten. I got really overwhelmed with the idea of how to best serve her. If she wants to do this in life, if she wants to pursue being a paleontologist, is my homeschooling going to get her there? Or am I going to be doing her a disservice? And so to me, that was my biggest overwhelm was managing the reasons I wanted to homeschool with the ideas of a more traditional education and making sure I prepared her for whatever it is she wants to choose. You well, because you know that traditional education does check off the boxes. Right. That certain vocations require. Yes. And so that's just kind of an easy, you know, follow through for that. Right. So then when you bring them home for homeschooling, it's like, oh my goodness, are we going to be able to check off all the boxes that are required for them to right. Totally. I totally know how you feel. Exactly. And I'm such an unschooler by nature. I don't want a curriculum. I didn't want to push to read. I didn't want to be measuring or checking boxes. I just wanted her to pursue the the interest she had and let learning um, be natural. But the problem with that and also feeling the overwhelm and the pressure of getting her prepared for her choices in the future was just really tough. And then, um, yeah, I just it just took me a while to reconcile that in myself. How, how did you, like, how did you reconcile it? Like, I still yeah. struggle with that. Like, are they doing what they need to do? Like, yeah. do I need to introduce this curriculum or do I need to do this right now to make sure their brain develops in the way that it needs to develop for five years from now? Exactly. Um, I think once I got started, 
and I started her in a charter, a homeschool charter program at four and a half, and I used it as my um, trial and error year. So I bought some curriculum, and then I, I kind of just tested the waters, and I found that I was way more comfortable than I thought hmm. I was going to be. I settled cool. into my more unschooling, light curriculum method than I anticipated. I'm a worrier. So I think the overwhelm was just from myself. You know, I didn't really care what other people said because I already felt so strongly about homeschooling. Right. Oh, right. So yeah. it wasn't even the noise from other people. It was literally just, am I going to be getting my child where she wants to be in the future? Is she going to look back and be thankful that I homeschooled her? Or is she going to feel like she missed opportunities? And so I think once we got started, I realized that we were checking the boxes right. without even knowing, knowing it. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I love it when that yeah. happens. It exactly. feels so good. Yes, and it, it's just it's a very um, relieving and very fulfilling even because you've realized that what you're doing is working for that child. In a natural way, in an organic, natural Mm -hmm. way that goes with their interests and their ebbs and flows. Exactly. I think it was helpful, too, because since I signed up for the same program as you, um, seeing other homeschooling parents there doing very similar things with very similar goals. Sure. Yeah, that's the nice thing, and I know we say this a lot, but community really is so important because Mm -hmm. you meet people who homeschool all different ways. So you find your classical homeschoolers, and, you know, they really find that support group necessary because they're on a slightly more rigorous path than someone like me who's like, oh, she'll read when she reads, Yeah, you know, (laughs) and... Then it's nice to and also now talk she's to a writer. People. Yeah, and now yeah. she's writing her own book, and she's eight years old. So yeah. you know, yeah. she just got there on her own, which is what I actually felt most compelled to. And like I said, it's just a reconciling process, and then reconciling what you are seeing and observing in your child against what you're worried about is really helpful. You know, yeah, it, it's it, just so validating. Yes. You know, like okay. I followed my conviction. Yes. And now I can see the fruit of that, even if it's just a couple of years later. Because, like you mentioned earlier, she went into first grade not reading. Yeah. And that, to like an average setting, yes. would be very concerning. Sure. But to you, you knew, well, she'll read eventually. Yeah. You, you knew she had the tools, she could do it if she right. wanted to. Right. And then now, like reading some of the things that she's written, it's adorable. Yeah. She knows how to use. All the punctuation. Yeah. And without you having to um, make her read with tears and exactly. and write these things right. down. We didn't have yeah. to open a grammar book for her to, to naturally build sentences that make sense um, and complex sentences. Totally. I yeah. mean, I read it and I'm shocked. I know. Well, I was reading it yeah. and I was just like, this is the cutest. And like the yeah. na- her name, she's a first and last name for yeah. the... For the, you know, you probably never, you know, told her when you develop a character, give them a first and last name. Right. She just naturally knew to do yeah. that from all the reading that she's yeah. done. And, yeah. yeah. And I think I, it just came to me now, but I think another big thing is I'm just naturally a researcher. Yeah. And so that was another way to reconcile my worry against realities, you mm-hmm. know, was researching and understanding what normal development is and that it's a range. And I've used totally. this analogy to you before, but everything's a range and each developmental domain, you know, just social emotional development or um, cognitive development, they're all on their own scale. So you might be really oh, high yeah. here and low there. And that once I 
came to terms with that, it became a lot easier for me because I'm like, oh, she's really high performing here and she's not as high here, but that's okay. Right. At some point, she'll be much more balanced right. and it doesn't need to develop during a certain period of, or, you know, it doesn't need to be measured by a certain period of time. Right. You know, we've got 10 more years before we find a balance. Right. Well, and you've just seen evidence of that. And other things that you've yeah. been concerned about sure. slightly, and then she caught up. Or exactly. Not even caught up. Right, right, right. I know. We always not get caught that. in those words, yeah. the, the but trap she of just words. progressed a whole bunch all at once, yes. and then you could relax about that. Right, yeah, because like you said, she went into first grade at a pre-reading level, and then by the end of the year, by the end of first grade, her tested level was up in the end of third grade year, so yeah. she had jumped far. That's she was so reading right. books. Yeah. She was excited to read. And she and just even did it if naturally. Not, even if she didn't test there, you were following your conviction. Right. And right. so it's that like kind of separating from grade level yes. and all that, keeping mm-hmm. that in mind so we don't get overwhelmed. Exactly. But then just feeling the validation of seeing progress, right? Yep. Yeah. Definitely. I love that. And it's like comforting for people like me to hear that too. Like, okay, like my kid, it might not be reading, let's say. It, but it might be something else. And right. so then I can I can use that same logic and that same, like, okay, I'll get that validation. Yes. I'll see that fruit later on. Yeah. You know, it's just, it's nice to hear other people's stories. Absolutely. Totally. I, I agree. Okay, um, well, let's talk about me now. Yeah. How are you <laughs> overwhelmed in your homeschool? Okay. So um, I have this little book that I'm hiding behind. Um, so, uh... Okay, when I since I never was homeschooled and I thrived in traditional setting yeah. and I love the traditional setting and so, but once that was a decision, I still didn't know what that would look like, how that would look like, how do you even get started? And so it was overwhelming because I don't even know what do I do. Sure. And then I was in St. Louis when a number of my friends were homeschooling because they were all like a decade older than me, yeah. and then we waited nine years to have kids. So. I got to see them do it, but then realizing, wait, it's different in every state. So then when we finally moved back to California, it was like, well, what do I do here? Do I need to, like, he's four. What do I do? Like, right. am I going to have him taken away from me because he's not in a right. legit TK? Like, what are the what? laws? What yeah, are your protections? Exactly. Yeah, that's very overwhelming. Yeah, it was, it's, a, it's scary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I had a friend who it was just, she was a mentor when I was in college. I hadn't okay. talked to her for like one and a half decades <laughs> or however long it was, over a decade. And I messaged her and I said, I know through Facebook, I know you're homeschooling in California. What did you do? Yes. Help me. Tell me what to do. And she said, go to lots of conferences, homeschool conferences. Yes. So that was where I took that advice and then she told me what the options were, the PSA, right. a charter school. Right. Um, and so I was like, okay, so I start going to conferences. And a number of people were like, well, I don't want to go to a conference with you because that's overwhelming to me. Oh, interesting. Yeah, like yeah. they're like, I don't want to see all the options. It's too much. It's too much. Yeah. Where I was like, I have, okay, I have a master's of education. I have taught in a traditional school. Right. I had no idea all that was out there. I had no idea. Right. I didn't even know all the different theories because right. there's one theory basically. Right. The scope when you is teach traditional. Yeah. Like, and you have to be that way. Like yes. if you're going to have 20 to 30 kids in a classroom, that is almost the only way to do it. Almost. Sure. So, um, I go to the conference and I come back just like a light bulb. I mean, totally lit up, totally excited. And I don't feel overwhelmed at all. I feel like all oh, I did cool. was like, 
totally helped me narrow my, my focus and idea yeah. of what I need to do for second, third. And, and, and then I was like addicted. That's so then awesome. Yeah. I kept going and I've taken a few years off now, but I can feel that loss of having my cup filled. Sure. Cause it definitely fills your cup. When I was a teacher, we would go to every year yes. uh, to keep your credential. You go to these classes, these, um, uh, teacher conferences. Sure. And that always helped me like, oh, this is how I'm going to do an eight sentence paragraph this year, you know, yes. yeah. and, and this is how I'm going to do diagramming sentences this year. So, so that would always fill my cup. So then to get to have that as a homeschool teacher and yes. know how to get started before I actually had to was really great for mulling yeah. over the, um, exhibit hall. I spent hours and hours and hours in there. Right. And how much money? Oh, <laughs> don't even... Right. And there were a lot of calls to, to the hubby saying, you're okay if I spend $200 on this, right? And not that I need, like, permission, but, you know, we're Oh, sure, you're a team. Yeah. yeah. So, um, and, of course, he was always like, whatever you need, whatever you need. Right. Whatever Homeschool's you need. always been supported, which mm-hmm. is why I think we've meshed so well, our two families. Our, both of our husbands have been extremely supportive, and it's helped with the overwhelm for me. Totally. I mean, yeah. it makes such a big impact to know yeah. that. They're behind you 150%, yes. and and then they take on it themselves. Like right. seeing Jake at our we at our co-op, we had an Easter oh, yeah. uh, Easter hunt, and then he took on yeah. he taught the kids. He took my role, yeah, because he's just such a natural, and he loves um, watching the kids and seeing how his child. Well, we have two now, but how his children interact with the others, and so he just naturally took that on and I was happy to you know I teach for a job and I homeschool the majority of the time so for him to be engaged like that was really exciting yeah just to like bask Mm -hmm. in someone else's wonderful leadership and wonderful education that they have to offer kids and Marcus is the one now doing all the research for the read-alouds he's the one saying I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna well you're here right now he says oh I'll do the land of stories and um Whatever that is. He's like, but there's some prep work we have to do. So Right. He's so, preparing all yeah, of that. So he's, he, it's yeah. really great. So that helps a lot too. The husband yeah. helps a lot. And then the other thing that helped with that is my friend had six kids. And again, we don't have kids yet right. at this point. Right. And when you were preparing to homeschool. Yeah. Right. And she, I said, I got, I had the day off work, but she was still going to teach that day because we don't abide by any calendar sure. whatsoever. Right. So I said, can I come and sit and watch you homeschool? So she said, sure. So she had set up her garage. Like, they had it all finished. Oh, cool. Yeah, and since she had six kids kids ages nine and under. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. So she had to, for her sanity, she had to have, like, a traditional school setting. Right. So she had the desk lined up. Okay. I don't have that setting. Yeah. But if I had six kids, I and Maybe one would. of them being a baby, I, I, and she had one curriculum. One curriculum. Okay. And, and they all, it was a an art history foundation. Ooh, fun. Yeah. So that was the first time I saw that you could theme your curriculum on one topic and she was really into yeah. art history. Okay. And then everything else fit within that sure. boxed curriculum. It was like a big unit study almost. Yeah. yeah. But it was for the whole year and they How sang this cool. song and they are looking at these beautiful photos of, of Let's say it was Da Vinci and right. whoever. Just things you, all recognized everywhere. Yeah, and there was a song that went through it. And all the kids sing the song. And then each kid had a different thing to do. Okay. And at different level. How cool. It was really cool. And to me, I was like... Okay. That's yeah. Sold. Yeah. Okay, if I'm going to do like a setting where they each have their own desk, 
that's what I'm doing. That's amazing. Yeah. And that was her interest, and she was hoping to pass that on to her kids. That's really cool. And I learned a lot that day. Yes, yeah, <laughs> I know. It's yeah. amazing when it's presented in such a magical way, how you can really take in information in a way that is so different than a lecture style or, you know. Yeah, and the she focus was with that different. charter school. She was on the C-Track okay. that yeah. our friends are part of. So, um, yeah, and... Um, the other thing is I talked to my friend who was an elementary school teacher. So I taught junior high, so it's totally different. And I was telling, telling her like, I don't even know what I'll be doing or whatever. And she said, you know what? I've been through like until third grade or through third grade, you only need a sheet of paper and a writing utensil. And she taught regular elementary school. Traditional school, third yeah. grade. Yeah. So that made me feel, okay, released. <sighs> yeah. I don't breath. need... Unless I want to. I don't need the borders going around the classroom. Right. I don't need all the posters right. unless I want to. Like, sure. I don't need all the curriculum unless I want to, unless it excites me, unless it sparks joy. So then it, then once I started going to the conferences, I started seeing what sparked joy for me, what I was excited about, what I wanted to be involved in. Sure. So, yeah. And then this summer, we, we had talked about... Yeah going to a conference together and that would have been really fun yeah we had it all booked yep we had it all booked and then the pandemic happened oh yeah and we were gonna maybe get a duffy bow (laughs) yeah we had a celebrate your birthday yeah it was my my birthday (laughs) yeah and it was a one-day homeschooling conference that we were so looking forward to we had two other girlfriends coming with us and then it got canceled and that was pretty devastating for me you know I've done like you said, with your teaching, um, even with dance education, I've been to the conferences, which are super, so fun and inspiring. You come all back right. with all these different ideas and feel refreshed. And so I was looking forward to that for, for homeschooling, especially now that my daughter is going into third grade. And, you know, I kind of want to still maintain some of my unschooling. Oh, definitely. But yeah. now want to make sure that she has some foundational work for what's to Mm. come for her you know she does love writing so should I start looking into more for her you know or do I just keep encouraging what we're doing you know know. that's what's so hard like that's another those turning points are when it feels overwhelming it can turning point yeah Yeah. it definitely can and I think that I I've found enough of a balance now to feel confident that we're at least on the right track if I'm not always doing the right thing right I'm at least driving down the right road. That's awesome. Yeah, and I'll get there eventually. Or, you know, I'm not so married to any one method or or way that I'm unwilling to figure it out. You know, if she reached a roadblock and was trying to do more with her writing or something, you know, then we definitely look into different ways of doing it. I'm not afraid to look. I'm not afraid to ask. Right. I'm not afraid to consult with other um, teachers and parents about different ideas. You know, I know my child's way of learning well enough by now right. that I know what to seek out for her. It's just that right. I don't know what every curriculum has to offer. I know. And there's, so since I have FOMO and I've talked about this before, <laughs> yes. it's really hard for me to know there's all these curriculums out there because I, I actually love so many of them. You see the merits in each one. Yeah. Each one has its own merit, but what it really boils down to, and, and you have three children, and so you have that challenge of one for all. I know. That's or what's different hard. for each. Yeah. 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 So my kids are six years apart. So that's so you'll not be able something to I'm doing. Revisit it. And what yeah. a wealth of knowledge you can bring to the rest of us when you start exploring, especially those Hope with so. kids younger than your youngest. Right. Because then you can say, Oh, I've tried now these two different ones right. at these two different stage at uh, these same right. stage. And yeah, my children seem very different in learning styles. 
um, very different in in how they take in information. Yeah. So I'm definitely curious to see how that works. You know, yeah. my my little guy, he's two and a half, and he he is such um, an experimenter already. Yeah. He wants to figure it out. He wants to. Do it. So my oldest, my eight year old, didn't care. Yeah. She's like, oh, I can't figure it out right now. I'll Moving move on. on. Yeah. And so it's just I'm very different. Yeah, yeah. It's just different. You know, so I learned quickly not to push her because mm-hmm. that wasn't how to uh, motivate learning. Right, right. Um, she was just motivated through natural interests right. primarily. Uh, uh, my little guy, I think he's definitely going to be more motivated in accomplishing. He's going li- to he's going to like checking boxes yeah, like totally. I naturally yeah. am more inclined That'll to do. That'll be nice for you. <laughs> yeah. So he might need a little more structure, but again, I'm not trying to predict it. I'm right. not trying to um, create a road for him yet. Right. I'm just taking in the information he's giving me and figuring it out as we go and you know, it's one day at a time, really. That's what's nice when you're an observer. Right. right. I'm naturally an observer as well. So it's really easy for me to just be able to sit back and let them do their thing while I take in, right. you know, little details about how they're learning, how they're playing with their toys or what they gravitate towards. And yeah, I love that. Homeschooling gives me the time. Yeah. I, I have a hard time sitting still for stuff like that. So it's always <laughs> inspiring to me when I hear other people doing yeah. it. So I was like, oh, yeah. That might I be the totally FOMO. do that. It's the FOMO. It's the FOMO. I'm like, wait, yeah. this I is going to be so much fun if yes. we do this. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about um, joys. Yeah. That yeah. sounds great. Um, so I had a couple of great moments of joy this week, but the one I really wanted to share today is um, watching my little guy at the trampoline park. That so We cute. went today <laughs> and it's been closed for almost four months. And um, I didn't know what to expect. Four months for a two and a half year old's a long time. It is, yeah. And I didn't know what he would do. And he's like me, he's the observer. So we get there and for almost, what, 45 minutes? Yeah. He's just watching. So cute. Just watching, mostly the big kids, but really observing the kids his age because he's kind of the youngest of his, the kids he hangs out with all the time. Well, and I loved that you let him observe. Like for right. me, I'm like, go, go, look at how much fun they're having. Like, right. come on, you right. know? And it's just a good reminder to me, like, it's just as much fun to observe. Cause right. I'm a participator. I'm like, sure. the MacArthur's participate. That's who we are. Right. And it's like, you know, sometimes it's more fun to sit and observe. It can be. And because I'm that person naturally, and to be fair, I've sat through things that I've gone and said, I probably should have. Well, yeah, there's you know, a spectrum there's a for, yeah. for everything. Yeah. But, totally. um, he, he spent maybe, maybe it was only 30 minutes, but it was a while. He didn't touch the trampolines. He just was kind of walking back and forth. And then he finally was ready in his own time and his own way. Yeah, it was so cute. And his balance was so good. I was just no. so impressed. Like they just changed so rapidly and you know, sometimes you just miss it. Yeah, totally. You know, it, it, they just changed like that. But because we hadn't been to a trampoline park in four months, the difference was crazy. He didn't even that's need true. me to jump with him. I know. That's your first yeah. time. Yeah. We got to have conversation. <laughs> For the most part. Until <laughs> the kids all wanted to be yeah, on different, different sides of the, yeah. of the trampoline park. But that was a really joyful experience for me. It's just to, to, to bask in his growth and change oh, and to um, see that he's not my little tiny baby. I liked seeing those little orange socks like waddle around. <laughs> Yeah. That was really cute yeah. how he walks and yeah. yeah. His little I was feet. observing actually. Yes. Yeah. I can observe other people's kids. <laughs> Just my own. I'm like, what are you doing? Go play. I already saw you. Yeah. <laughs> so for me, um, my five year old is learning handwriting. Yes. 
So she took a long break. She took about three to four months break. Right. So, and I had a, a little requirement that she had to connect letters for Micah to teach her to read. So my sure. older son is going to teach my five-year-old to read. And he's super excited about it. And I knew he would get such a sense of accomplishment. Yes. And um, and that'll be something he can say later on. I, I taught my kid, my kid sister to read. So, sure. But I want it to be easy for him, too. I don't want it to be a struggle. So right. part of that is being able to connect your letters when you're teaching them this curriculum we do, which is super easy for someone to, to right. teach. That's why my 10-year-old can do it. So, um, and she wouldn't do it. She would not connect the letters. She would not, would not connect the letters. And... All of a sudden, I'll just I'll just summarize in that way. All of a sudden, she started connecting them. Yeah. And doing the whole alphabet connected in cursive. Aww. And when we were celebrating my father-in-law's birthday last night, that was what was inside her card. Was just the whole alphabet connected. No happy birthday. <laughs> Nothing. Just A to Z. Normally she draws yeah. a picture holding the hand, you know, with Aww. somebody, yeah. you know, with the person with a rainbow. Right. This time it was just the alphabet. And it was her huge accomplishment. I know. She was so proud to share it. It was sweet. so cute. So um, that was just a moment of joy for me that she wanted to share that with her grandpa. That's so, very yeah. special. Yeah. So, all right. Well, um, there you have it. Yep. This was uh, our first episode of uh, the Coop podcast so we hope you enjoyed it and um i enjoyed it i, I did too i know <laughs> and tune in next time we've got a homeschool fail for you next oh yeah. Time. yeah yeah we all love hearing those it makes us feel better about yeah. ourselves it makes us all realize we're in it together and we're all just totally. real moms with our own problems right trying to work totally. it out yeah definitely <laughs> yep all right thanks guys thanks for listening